Which coast? Traveling east to west. Aaron Ladd. Oh, he got the house. No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. See. <laughs> what you mean you didn't think about it? You know you was up. I saw the tweets last night. Oh, Jalen Wilson. Oh, Rock Chalk. Oh, man. That was a tough one. That was a tough loss. But, you know. It's January. You see them, they stormed the court. That's their Super Bowl, man. It's fine. I thought it was a good, and being in the building, right? Like, you could feel how much it meant uh, to K-State fans, the rivalry, especially under first-year head coach Jerome Tang, who I want to shout out. They're doing a great job. Um, Signature win. But it only counts for one. So let me ask you this, though. This would be a good comparison, because you were at both games. Just atmosphere before the game did you feel more hatred from mizzou fans or k-state fans mizzou fans and close though or was it by far oh no of course it was close i I think with the with the border war the mizzou Mizzou ku rivalry you kind of feel i mean you only play them once every year now right like and, and of course we went through that whole stretch where they weren't playing at all um, but you know, there's a feeling, and Jalen Wilson said in post game, you know, we're gonna see y'all again, and there's a chance, hey, these teams they could play again, not only in the NCAA tournament, but of course the Big Twelve tournament as well. So you True. know, y- you take it on the chin and and move on. True. But, yes, no let point. me send That's this. Let me send this link out here. We're talking a little sunflower showdown. What what else you been getting into, man? Oh man, well, outside of just football, LeBron <laughs> scored forty eight the other day <laughs> uh year 20 i mean the guy's just it's unbelievable bro i don't know how many people watch nba that listen to us but it's remarkable what he's doing at this age he's close to passing kareem on all-time scoring list don't take it for granted like you always say aaron Ladd, don't take lebron for granted man don't take it for granted special player on the nba side mark Gunnels does some great stuff with the lakers does some great stuff with the chiefs here too chiefs coast to coast episode 41 here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Mark Gunnels is in L.A. I'm here in KC, and Steven Serta's behind the board. Plenty to discuss as far as Wild Card Weekend is concerned. We'll talk about the AFC games and just kind of quickly put a bow on those as we look ahead to Divisional Weekend. Me and Serta were just talking, man. This feels like the best weekend of football right here. You get to know the Final Four, and we can start to get a clearer picture on what the Super Bowl is going to look like out in Arizona. So we'll talk about that. Hey. I mean, my first week with the picks, man, my first week with the picks, man, I, I make it look easy. We go ahead down to Vegas. Maybe Mark, <laughs> why you rolled your eyes? <laughs> because I, start, I started off really good, too, but you don't, you don't have the volume as me, so it's easy to do uh, that now. You got three picks this week or what? I do have three picks this week. So we're going to get to Mark's plays before taking your questions, comments, criticisms, concerns. We love making y'all part of the show, and we love to hear your voicemails, your comments. If you're watching live on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever, uh, hashtag C2C makes you a part of the program. We'll throw your questions in, as well as our voicemail line, 816-514-1267, Chiefs Coast to Coast, episode 41. You want to talk uh, Wild Card Weekend? Let's do it. Let's recap. Mahomes avoids. 
a magician! Chiefs recap. Let's start with Buffalo, Miami, because this is a game that really didn't many people have their eyes around. The number was super high as far as Vegas is concerned. No Tua Tunga Vailoa. Is Skylar Thompson coming in? No uh, starting running back for Miami was out. I think Jeff Wilson, uh, and, and really a patchwork group. Many people didn't have high expectations, but this one close. And the Dolphins actually lead five seconds into the second half, but ultimately Buffalo wins by three and they move on. The question that I want to jump off from this, Mark, and we can be quick with these because uh, we got a lot of Chiefs to talk later in the show, but. Uh, Is Buffalo trending in the wrong direction, in your opinion? This team has been through a lot as far as not only uh, on the field, but mentally and emotionally as well. Didn't seem like their best performance in wildcard weekend, in my opinion. No, you're 100% right. And they're definitely trending downward 100%. I mean, that game, like you mentioned, people had the Bills winning that one by a billion. I mean, they were 13 and a half point favorites. Skylar Thompson, speaking of K-State, a K-State legend, Kansas City area kid with the Fort Osage. Shout out to him. He actually played pretty good. His receivers actually failed him a lot, especially early in that game. Waddle had some bad drops, man. Tyreek, too. Tyreek dropped him some passes, even good. Kaseki, their tight end, dropped a couple of balls as well. So they could have very well won that game if it wasn't for their bad, bad clock management. I mean, they were really, really bad. They had to call timeout several times because the play clock was going down. But, you know, that's kind of what you expect when you have a first-year head coach and your third-string quarterback. So, I mean, they played as good as they can. But as far as Buffalo, maybe you could just chalk it up as a divisional game, right? Because we know these divisional games, especially yep. play a team a third time, it can be really, really tough because obviously they know you very well. So I'm not going to put too much stock into it just because the fact it was a divisional game. I would say from the Miami perspective, getting the plays in slow, the operation being a little clunky, you chalk that up to being a third stringer, some guys not being healthy, first-year head coach, weren't supposed to make it this far, started off hot. You figure Miami will be back, especially with the core that they have. But for Buffalo, what worries me, is the ball security aspect of things talking about this team being a Super Bowl favorite throughout the year the expectation was Josh Allen was going to take that next step forward and kind of get some of that gunslinger out of his game and be more efficient with the ball but he's up there as far as turnovers are concerned he has a fumble in this game that directly leads to the scoop and score in the touchdown that gets Miami uh on the board there it, it, it worries me as far as if I'm a Buffalo fan obviously this is a Chiefs podcast not your strongest performance. Yes, you did. Yes, you won the game, and that's all that ultimately matters. But you want to be playing your best ball, especially considering turnovers, takeaways, and that part of the game. Uh, it seems like right now Josh Allen is going to give the opposing team one eventually. Let's talk about another quarterback in the AFC, one that didn't play. It's the Bengals edging out the Baltimore Ravens in another game that you said divisional t- divisional team. You're playing the guys three times, kind of ugly comes down to ball security and a crucial turnover flips the script in that one. But all the spotlight under Lamar Jackson now. So my question to you, as you rock your K-State purple on Chiefs coast to coast, is Lamar Jackson going to be wearing purple next year in Baltimore, in your opinion? You're so good with these segues, man. You're such a company TV guy. I love it. Good job. Good job, Aaron. Uh, But, man, this is a tough question, man, because they can't franchise tag him. But he doesn't have to sign a franchise tag, or he could really just be vocal and demand a trade. It could get ugly. It could get ugly. 
really ugly. And he's having these subliminal things on the internet, on Instagram and Twitter. So it's really dicey, man. If I had to lean right now, I'm probably going to say no. I'm probably going to say he's played his last game in Baltimore, man, because they should have been valued this guy. Now the price is way higher than it would have been if they had secured him a year or two ago when they should have after he won MVP. But they waited too long, and now you got guys like Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, who are looking for extensions this offseason. And we know they're going to get probably north of 50 per year because obviously with the TV deals coming in and just, you know, the market always yeah. rising. We're, we're going to get to the point where Mahomes is going to be like the 15th highest paid quarterback here in a couple years. So, yeah, man, I think they fumbled the bag by waiting too long, and I think Lamar is fed up. I'm going to push back on that one a little bit. I don't think money is the difference, or maybe if it is, it's in a different way. I don't think Baltimore comes back to the negotiation table after this regular season with the same number they had previously. They'll say, hey, you didn't play the whole year. I think the number is he's missed, what, 12 of their last 22 or 10 of their last 22, something in that in that ballpark. They're going to use the injury almost against him in this aspect. And I think – we talk about cryptic tweet season all the time and trying to read the tea leaves on guys' Instagram stories, and Lord knows that's the worst part of the job. This guy doesn't seem very happy there, and I don't know if it's because they never surrounded him with a true number one weapon out there. I don't know if it's because the offer and, and there's still some lingering feelings from um, what happened kind of leading into this season. But I kind of took the cheese during this game in general when there was the leak that, oh, he didn't travel with the team. And, you know, we're starting to see some of these external pressures. Sammy Watkin comes out and says something and guys are really pushing him to play. I, I think the relationship is strained. I don't know if that means it's completely frayed. Uh, but there's going to be a robust quarterback market as there is every single year. There's going to be those teams at the top of the draft that are looking for the, the prospect out of college. There's going to be those guys in the middle ground that are going to fishing for like a Derek Carr type or somebody who's in that transition, Marcus Mariota, if you're a Falcons fan. And then there's going to be that Lamar Jackson, who's who's looking for the big time deal. The rumors was he was looking for the Deshaun Watson fully guaranteed deal. I don't think Baltimore comes with that, but it's definitely going to be one of the hottest stories to follow, especially in the AFC. Remember, we used to talk about all the time, Herbert. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, like that was supposed to be the upper crust of the upper crust in the AFC. Now you could potentially see this guy leave. What if he's in L.A. out there with you next year? Or what if he's in Atlanta? Uh, I've heard some rumors, you know, some little whispers that uh, Lamar could be Atlanta Falcon. I know you would love that. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Last AFC game. We're wrapping up wildcard weekend here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. And this one, of course, directly impacting Kansas City. What what a wild comeback this was, man. I mean, I, I tweeted this out during the game. It's Jacksonville coming back from 27-0 down to eliminate uh, Brandon Staley, uh, Justin Herbert, and the Chargers. I tweeted this as it was kind of happening in the first half. Yes, the margin was what it was, 27-24 or whatever. But you felt like the Chargers could have had a bigger lead and and really should have had a, big, a bigger lead, to be honest with you. Uh, obviously the missed field goal that allows Jacksonville to kind of turn around, but some key third downs, key fourth downs, getting three instead of seven, um, giving Jacksonville multiple opportunities. For me, I saw a quarterback who threw four interceptions. That game should have been over by then. Uh, instead, Jacksonville completes one of the most historic comebacks in uh, NFL playoff history. 
Yeah, I mean, this is the true definition of the Chargers are going to charger, right? I mean, 27 nothing point lead. You think it's over. I see Chargers fans on my timeline that were purchasing their tickets at halftime to Kansas City. Like, I'm not making this up. It was This was a real thing. So I mean, talk about disaster and not aging well. But, you know, Brandon Staley keeps his job. They fired the OC, they fired the quarterback passing coordinator, and they fired their linebackers coach. So they're blaming everybody outside of Brandon Staley here. Um, so we'll see how that works out because Brandon Staley did hire Joe Lombardi as the office coordinator. So we'll see who he brings in for the next OC there because this is very crucial because you don't want to waste Justin Herbert and you already actually kind of already did because now you're going to have to give them an extension probably this offseason. So that rookie contract is pretty much out the window. And we always hear about how you have to maximize guys while they're on the rookie contract, because when you pay them, obviously, you're going to lose some pieces around them. So they missed that window. They have an older roster. They brought in guys like Khalil Mack. Joey Bosa's not getting any younger. Obviously, J.C. Jackson was hurt yeah. most of the year. Derwin so, James on that list, too. Derwin James, they went all in, man, and now you got to pay Herbert. It's going to be hard to sustain that talent around him. I'm kind of with you. I feel like this game, and, and I want to give Jacksonville their kudos, and, of course, we'll talk about them later in the pod, previewing the divisional matchup. But that comeback spoke way more to me about the Chargers and what they were unable to do this year than what Jacksonville was able to do or what their future is going forward. I know they're a division champion. I know they earned the right for that home game. But for the Chargers, Brandon Staley survived this, but he's on shaky ground. That Mike Williams incident and, ha and playing him in that last game of the regular season, people don't forget that in the organization. That's not something that um, – Normally, you survive when on top of that, you then let a 27 lead, 27 point lead go. It's um, the Chargers are on, are on shaky ground with this current administration, in my opinion. And it's going to have to it's going to have to bear fruits very quickly and not just wild card fruits. I'm talking like when the AFC type fruits for Brandon Staley to be able to kind of restabilize right now, because from here on out, let's say you start the next year, zero and three, zero and four. The leash is, is way shorter, in my opinion, because this right here is a is a heavy mark on that resume, in my opinion. Let's switch to the grab bag real quick, unless you had something, uh, one more thing on Staley. Oh, no, we can move on. Let's go to the grab bag real quick. This has been a hot name on social media. Uh, and I, I tweeted about this. I have been poking around this story for a little bit, but I can't wait to get your opinion on this. It's Chiefs wide receiver McCole Hardman missing a second day of practice in preparation for this AFC divisional round matchup against the Jaguars. Originally placed on IR with an abdomen injury, it then kind of developed into a pelvis, which I think is the most recent information that we got. But it's been a lot of cloud. It's been a lot of mystery around what happened. There were reports that he had to go to the hospital at one point. Nonetheless, coming off the bye week, he still is not able to practice for Kansas City. Andy Reid had this to say about the Jets. He does, and we do, yeah. Uh, you know, you just you want to try not to take steps back. or And um, it's not that we've taken steps back. It's just that it's not getting where it needs to be, where he can he can go. So my feeling is that if we just back off on it and let, him, let it rest a little bit here um, and do his rehab and that, that uh, he has a chance to get better. But we don't, you know, 
he doesn't want them, we don't want them. We don't want to put them out in a bad situation, so um, where he can't, where he can't play. Does that sound like McCole Hardman is playing for the Kansas City Chiefs at any point the rest of the season, Mark Gunnels? So I saw you made a tweet. I thought it was a little premature that you said that. Uh, I was going to talk to you about that. I don't think it means that he's done for the season, but I do think he's definitely not playing this week, obviously. I don't think he plays next week if they go to the AFC title game, but I can see a scenario if they go to Arizona where he plays in that game, considering you have that extra week in between. So that's roughly four weeks from now. So I do think that is a real possibility. Um, obviously, there's something going on that we don't know behind the scenes, but there's clearly been some type of setback here because we thought for sure with the bye that he would probably play this week. I think that was the consensus that most people thought, the fact that he was practicing on a limited basis beforehand. So it is uh, definitely a discouraging sign, but I, I do think there's a, there is a world where if they make it to Arizona, he can play in that game, considering it is four weeks away from now. Yeah, so my tweet was kind of reading the tea leaves between Andy Reid, you heard the bite there. He was asked directly by... Uh, Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride, if there was a chance Hardman could return um, or if they were expecting him to return at some point in 2023, that was Andy's response to that. Earlier in the press conference, he said, hey, we're backing off. He won't practice today. This was today was Tuesday. Now Wednesday is second straight DNP. To me, I, I, I just think that the writing's on the wall. I don't think Andy Reid or, or anybody of the staff, Eric Bieniemy was kind of asked about it today and gave a no answer. I don't think anybody's going to come out and say, Harvin's done, he's not playing this year, uh, we're moving on, because it adds that unfair competitive advantage and you know anything you can do to get in your opponent's head. Even going up to the Super Bowl, as you mentioned, that, hey, they've got this secret weapon that could potentially be used at some point. That distracts them, game plans them, or they have to, they have to throw that in. Additionally, that's all I see here is gamesmanship. Reading between the lines, I think Hardman's done. I don't think he's a guy that is healthy enough to play and contribute and add. And anytime when we talk about this on this platform, anytime you're plugging a guy back in, you have to subtract those stats and that yardage from somewhere else. And at this point in time, you're adding in a McCole Hardman. Even if he's able to go in, let's say, the Super Bowl, he's not going to be 100%. He's going to be at a, a 75 or maybe an 85%. So are you taking a 75 McCall Hardman and taking down 100% Justin Watson, who's shown you what he can do in, in select spots and quick duty? We've seen what a, a heavy dose of Kadarius Tony can do. And then, man, it, I don't think I'm saying anything outlandish by saying that, you know, there have been some rocky moments with McCall Hardman with his tenure here in Kansas City. Um, I There have been moments where it seems like him and Patrick are not on the same page or maybe – um, his work ethic has been questioned when he doesn't show up uh, to some off-season workouts or things like that. We have to talk about the contract situation because that context matters in this situation. And McCole Hardman rushing back, rushing back, I'll put in quotes because we don't necessarily know where he's at, um, to contribute or play half or, or play at 50% or whatever when you've got that contract year looming potentially. I don't think it's smart for him or the Chiefs. Yeah, uh, I guess the only thing I would kind of push back on on that is the fact that, okay, like let's look at Lamar, right? Lamar obviously has the cachet, the MVP. Him not playing doesn't hurt his stock at all, right? Because he's still going to get paid whatever he's going to get paid. With McCole Hartman, I think he has 
things to gain if he were to play and looked good. Like let's say he had a good playoff run or a good, really good Super Bowl moment that could increase his stock because I don't think his stock is really low right now. So he can't, in my opinion, really hurt it at this point because he doesn't have that cachet built up like other guys. So that's why I think when you hear Andy Reid saying he's pushing hard because he knows that he can earn more money if he had a quote unquote playoff moment. Right. So that's the only thing I would push back on. And now the fact that he may not play the rest of the season, because before the year, I think we all pretty much assumed he'll probably be the odd man out for next year in Kansas City, especially when you bring in Kadarius Tony. But the fact that his value is so low right now, he may be forced to come back. I mean, I don't see no team that's going to just outbid Kansas City to where it doesn't make sense for Kansas City to match the offer because he doesn't have that much value. You say Hardman uh, has a lot to gain from playing a good game. I think that good is subjective. This is a wide receiver that's not that possession type number one automatic guy. He doesn't have that many. I think maybe one or two 100-yard-plus games in his career. The tweet from McCole Hardman on Wednesday at 10.56 is marathon greater than the sprint. And here we go reading into the tea leaves and reading into the cryptic tweets. It tells you what it is right there. I'm not going to sprint back. The marathon is more important right now. The offseason and the contract talks and getting that secured is more important right now. For him to come back and have a good game, he would have to usurp what Juju has built in the chemistry that he has with Mahomes. Travis Kelsey and that it's just too many obstacles in the way in addition to him not necessarily being 100%. I sent out the tweet because I feel like he's not going to play again in 2023. But going forward, I do agree with you that there is a role for him in the offense. If he wants to come back next year on that, on that, uh, on a reasonable team-friendly type deal. Yeah, and it'll be a one-year deal, right? I don't see it being nothing more than that. Maybe a two-year deal with the second year has an out in it. Because he, yeah. he's not at the point now where he'll get a long-term contract. It'll be a prove-it type of deal. Let's talk about these neutral site conference title games. I was on with Bob Fesco here in 610, and he does a lot of great reporting. He was on Atlanta being the site early. And he proposed this about the, the title games and this kind of being a test run for the future as far as the NFL is concerned. He says the league is looking into this as a test case, and if it goes well, don't be surprised if we start neutral site AFC and NFC championship games. Too many Super Bowls and one big Super Bowl. It, it, for me, I didn't see this as a possibility, but now that I hear it out loud, it sounds absolutely like something that Roger Goodell would salivate over in the future. Yeah, I think if the matchup happens, obviously, just to clarify for everybody that may not know, I think everybody does at this point, but if it's Chiefs-Bills, it will be played in Atlanta. If it's Chiefs-Bengals, it will still be played in Kansas City. But yeah, if that matchup does happen, obviously it's going to be a crazy atmosphere. You're probably going to have 50-50 crowd. It's going to be like one of those bowl games, right, that you have in Atlanta or in <laughs> SoFi, like the national championship game. It's going to have that type of feel. So I could see a scenario where if it goes great, everybody loves it. Roger Goodell is like, you know what? This is our new format now for a championship weekend. It's going to be in a neutral site. AFC somewhere, NFC somewhere else every single year. Now, my personal feelings about it, I despise it a lot. I do not like Why? Yeah, because it devalues the one seed. Now, obviously, you'll still have the buy, but 
part of getting the one seed is also having home field advantage throughout the playoffs. So now you're kind of rewarding that other team who plays the one seed just because they made the title game. Now they get to play in a neutral site. I don't like it. I don't like it at all because now think about it. The Chiefs may only have one home playoff game this year. Saturday could and be the home finale, yeah. That will be the theme for the one seeds moving forward. You'll just have one home playoff game. That doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, I think cash rules everything around the league, and ultimately if they see this as a beneficial endeavor, um, the owners are going to approve this, man, it, 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 if it goes well. And I think having the Chiefs, and this is all hypothetical, obviously you all know what has to happen for it to happen, but – if the Chiefs were to play in this game, I mean, they're probably the best case scenario for a brand that is a dynasty type brand. They've got the star, the star of the league, the face of the league. Their fans travel extremely well. Some of the best of any in the National Football League to have them in this in this situation. That's a test case, according to Bob Fesco, and could potentially set the set the high watermark for how this looks going forward. Uh, I could see it happening, man. I, I know a lot of people would be upset as far as the one seed is concerned, but that buy also like that's, that's what you're playing for. And, and Mahomes gave voice to that this week. I mean, you got to win in the wild card because you earned the buy. That's more valuable. I think than pretty much anything else. I know Arrowhead is loud and I know it impacts the play, but uh, the buy is extremely important. And then also you didn't even mention this part besides, you know, having Mahomes and the chiefs being the it team over the past four years, you would have the rematch of what people say was the best game ever last yeah. year. Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills, Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, the shootout, that fourth quarter. So you'll have all that hype built up as well in that game. So it would be like the perfect – if you had to have a test for it and you had to pick two teams to be the test, these are probably the two teams you would pick. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity – but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Especially the quarterbacks and, and considering what happened last year. Since we're on the topic, we might as well ask, would you rather, and this is thinking that the Chiefs win and they hold they hold serve, right? They, they uphold their end of the bargain. Would you rather go down to Atlanta and play Buffalo in that neutral site game? Or do you want Cincinnati coming to Arrowhead and having the home field advantage and possibly um, the, the elements and that kind of thing? So this is a tricky question, and I love it, though. And this is why I brought it up. For, for this was your question. This is your question. Well, you weren't supposed to tell the public that, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> that was supposed to stay in the group chat. But anyway, so 
I think the Bengals are the better football team as far as them and the Bills. I think they're better than the Bills. But you would be at home against the Bengals and you'll be on the neutral side against the Bills. Considering that and the fact that the Chiefs are 2-0 against the Bills in the playoffs in the last two games, the Chiefs are 0-3 against the Joe Burrow Bengals, I would actually prefer the Bengals in Kansas City because I feel like they're due, right? You have to beat this team eventually, right? Every single game has been decided by three points. Couple plays here and there, the record could be easily flipped the other way. So I know we said it for the third time. No way they're going to beat the Chiefs the third time in a row. Now I hear I am. Now I hear. Yeah, yeah, I said that. That's the house on it. <laughs> now here I am saying, no way they'll beat them four straight times, right? Something has to give. And Have I feel you like learned your play, lesson. You never I, learn your lesson. And I feel like if they play Buffalo, since they're 2-0 against them in the playoffs, they're probably due to beat the Chiefs, man. So I'm kind of being a little superstitious here and thinking one team is due and one team is due on the other side. So I would rather prefer to play the Bengals. And then also the main thing, you got them at home. I want the home field advantage. Two of the three games against the Bengals were on the road. Granted, the playoff game was in KC last year, but you had a 21-3 lead. Give me the Bengals at home. Give me the Bengals. I'm right there with you. My reasoning is a little bit different. I don't want to put Josh Allen in the dome. I don't want I want elements to slow him down. I don't want him and his high-powered offense to be on that field in Atlanta with the dome closed and the perfect conditions to where he's just spinning it around the field. I want to give him a few more obstacles. Um, so I'll take Cincy at home. And I agree with you. I think they actually might be the better team right now. Jim is rocking with us on YouTube. He says home field as well. Appreciate you rocking with us, Jim. Tommy Sparks. Back to the McCole Hardman conversation says we're the healthiest team in the playoffs with the exception of McCole. I think I agree with that one. As well, Donnie Gibby is rocking with the halftime performance. Says Lil John, did you did you see that Lil John is, is the halftime okay. performance? What? <laughs> Anybody other than Tech Nine? Let Tech Nine rest until hey, the draft. That man is going to be busy you? draft weekend. You're the one behind this. You're the Atlanta guy. You pulled the strings. You talked the hunt. I know you did. You probably had a little FaceTime. You got a little private group chat with the hunts. You had the plugs in Atlanta. You're like, hey, I can hit up little John. He can come to KC. And it must have pained you to say the answer that you did about the Bengals. Because I know you want to go to Atlanta for the ch championship game. Deep down inside, you want to go back home. You know you do. Here's the truth. I've never been to a game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Yes, I'm a Falcons oh. fan. Grew up going to stick, grew up going to games at the dome all the time, but I moved into Mizzou the day I turned 18. And from then on out, that was 2014. All the teams got new stadiums. Braves got a new stadium. Hawks renovated theirs. And of course, the the, the dome got demolished and the bins got built. I've been to all the other two, but the bins is the last one on my list. And if it were to happen, I'm knocking on wood right now. If it were to happen, that'd be very special. We got we got one more game before we get there, Mark. Let's preview it. You can't do this. You can't escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Come on, give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. 
The one-seeded Kansas City Chiefs hosting the four-seed Jacksonville Jaguars in the AFC Divisional Round. Temperature is supposed to be 33 degrees. Chilly at kickoff with flurries possible. Could be a snow game for Mahomes in the playoffs. 3.30 kick. Kansas City, eight-and-a-half-point favorites. We'll get Mark's picks in just a second. These two teams also played in Week 10. Kansas City won 27-17. to And, of course, the Jacksonville Jaguars not only coming off that 27-point comeback, but it's their first playoff win since January of 2018. Let's look back on Week 10 as we kind of – dive in and, and, and try and dissect this matchup. Um, Eric Bieniemy and Patrick Mahomes both talked about looking back on that matchup and kind of trying to use what they learned and, and experiences that game going into this one. Serta, who we got first? I think there's a little game of chess and cat and mouse that, that goes on with that. And, uh, I mean, you think about it. Doug kind of won up this uh, and, and got the, uh, the onside kick in the first game. So, uh, there's always a little game of that, but the thing is, we just got to make sure that we stay in tune to what needs to be done from our perspective. We know exactly what they're going to do, and obviously they'll have a wrinkle or two. Mike Caldwell, who's a former teammate of mine, he's a brilliant mind, an outstanding coach, and he's done a great job. He's, he's doing a great job of putting those guys in positions to make plays, and they're doing a hell of a job. So at the end of the day, it's not necessarily about what they do. It's about what we do as an offense and making sure that we can go out and execute our plan. Classic uh, enemy there. He mentioned the onside kick, and I'm, I'm sure we'll get into that. But I tweeted this right out before the show, and including that onside kick, the first six Jacksonville possessions in that Week 10 game, punt, 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 miss field goal, punt, punt. I have a feeling if they start that same way this Saturday, uh, it might be the same result. Yeah, 100%. I mean, and they started off slow, obviously, in that playoff game against the Chargers. And if you look at their last, I believe, three games, when they played a top 10, you can argue Dak is top 10 or not or not, whatever. But in that area, they played Herbert, Dak, and Lamar. All three of those games, because the last few games outside of those games, they played really bad quarterbacks. So I'm focusing on those three guys. They started off slow in each of those games. Now, the theme is, they won all of those games, right? But I don't think that's a recipe for success in this matchup, especially on the road, because all three of those games were in Jacksonville. They had a, a raucous crowd. They're young. You know, they may have caught some guys off guard, right? But now you're not going to do that because it's the playoffs. The Chiefs had a bye. We know Andy Reid's record out of a bye. So I think the first quarter will be very, very crucial for Jacksonville. They have to get out to a quick start because if the Chiefs get up, 10 nothing, 14 nothing. then it takes their offensive game plan out the window because they, they're a balanced team. With Travis Etienne, they love to run yeah. the ball, run use play action off of that. Uh, T-Law, Trevor Lawrence loves to look at his tight end, Christian Kirk in the middle of the field. They're not really a deep shot team. They like to do the little intermediate stuff and some wide receiver screens, some uh, running back screens and stuff like that to keep your defensive line off balance because in that first meeting, the Chiefs sacked T-Law five times, right? And we know the Chiefs are second in the league in sacks. So their game plan is going to be establish the run, use quick passes, because they don't want Trevor Lawrence to have to think too much because he has a tendency to hold on to the ball sometimes, which can lead to turnovers. I think that first matchup is going to really shine through a little bit more than we think. Usually, and you heard Eric Bieniemy said, 
They installed a little more wrinkles. They changed things up. But I think for Jacksonville, especially considering they had to storm back from 27-0 down the last time out, they're going to stick with what got them here. They're going to try and stay comfortable, stay on schedule, stay ahead of the chains, all the cliches. Um, but I think their offensive line can be exploited. And sometimes their, their wide receivers get a little sloppy on the routes. You know, I'm a big QB school guy. And he dug into the first half and the disastrous first half that Trevor Lawrence had. A couple of those on Evan Ingram exactly. And I think I think that puts more pressure on Kansas City's defensive backs, young defensive backs who are going to be playing in their first game, first playoff game on Saturday. Knock those guys off those routes. Be physical. Be aggressive. Because if the pass rush isn't getting there, which they did get there the first time, but you never know. Um you know, you can you can impact the play and you can make a, a game changing play on the back end as well. Patrick Mahomes previews the AFC divisional round matchups and says they won't take Jacksonville lightly. I think the only difference is they might just have a little bit more confidence just because they're winning football games right now. But they, they're a talented team. I knew that the first time we played them. Uh, you can see the talent that they had. Uh, they were flying around to the football. Uh, they made a few mistakes here and there. And that's why we kind of got the win the first time. But uh, we understand how good this football team is. Um, and how much of a challenge is going to be for us to go out there and try to find a way to get a win. Um, and so we're trying to prepare ourselves the best way possible that, that we can find a way to win it uh, there on Saturday. Look, man, I saw some chatter on the timeline talking about Chiefs winning this by two touchdowns. I don't see that in the playoffs anymore. Even though I know these two teams might not be on the same uh, plane right now, I still see a 10-point a, a game or less. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, though. So the first meeting – the Jags didn't turn the ball over one time. The Chiefs had three turnovers in that game, and they were still up 17 midway through the fourth quarter. The Jags scored a touchdown to make it a 10-point game. If you remember, that was the game where Pacheco had that fumble in the red zone, and they went right yeah. back to the next drive, and he was amazing. Mahomes was kind of sloppy with the ball a little bit. But, yeah, so they didn't play a clean game. They still pretty much had control of that one. Now, obviously, it's a different game. That was several weeks ago. I understand all of that. But I do believe if the Chiefs can play a clean football game and don't turn the ball over, I think it's going to be pretty hard for the Jags to keep up because their offense, while it is pretty good, they're not a quick strike offense. They're more methodical. And that's why I mentioned them getting out to a quick start is vital because if they get behind, they're not one of those offenses that can – beat you down the field they don't have that deep ball threat Christian Kirk can at times but I think the Chiefs feel very comfortable with their matchups in the DB room going against those receivers with Christian Kirk Zay Jones the guy that I'm most concerned about outside of Travis Etienne because if he gets going it's going to be really really hard to stop their offense but outside of him is Evan Ingram I know you mentioned him as well because he's become one of Trevor Lawrence's favorite targets and that wasn't the case during that week 10 matchup, you can see his targets have been increasing week by week. So I'm really curious to see how they match up with him. You talked about a couple of Jags that we're looking at. I want to get your opinion on your most important chief coming into this matchup. I'll go first. And we kind of highlighted it in the preview a little bit earlier. Five sacks on Trevor Lawrence in the week 10 matchup. This pass rush extremely important to what Kansas City does at all three levels on the defensive side of the ball. I got a little hot air last time in the postseason for, for pointing this out, but I'll point it out again as we're entering the postseason. Zero career sacks in the postseason for Chris Jones. It's got to change, and it's got to change during Saturday. He is the pulse of what they do defensively and helped Kansas City collect 55 sacks on the year this year, second in the league. I think he had 15 and a half. 
He needs to get that snide. We don't need to mention that that stat anymore. I'll, I'll go ahead and get rid of that tweet uh, right after he right after he gets Trevor Lawrence onto the ground. I think Chris Jones, and I'll also give an honorary mention to, to George Karloftis. We mentioned rookies being extremely important. Five and a half sacks in the last seven games for Karloftis. He and Chris Jones can combine for a sack and a half, maybe two, uh, on Saturday. I, I see Kansas City living comfortably uh, against Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, so you went D-line. I was actually going to go there as well, but since you did that, I'm going to mix it up a little bit. Still on the defensive side of the ball, though, I'm going to say Willie Gay. He's the Chiefs' most athletic linebacker, and the Jags like to put their guys in space. Like I mentioned, the short, quick passing game. Travis Etienne, he's one of the best pass-catching running backs in the league. He was known for that outside in college at Clemson. Obviously, like I said, Christian Kirk with the bubble screens and things of that nature. Evan Ingram in the middle of the field. So they like to get their guys out in space and to create a lot of yak. And that's where I think Willie Gay can fly around because he's their most athletic linebacker. He's a sideline to sideline guy. He can He's going to be very vital because they're going to have to tackle in space. So he's going to be around the ball a lot. Obviously, Nick Bolton will as, as well. But we kind of already expect Nick Bolton to do what Nick Bolton's going to do. So that's oh, why yeah. I'm highlighting Willie Gay as the unsung hero in this game let's go to vegas man place your bets oh there it is there it is two touchdowns win by at least let's go to vegas with mark what are you smiling again you happy to be back you took a week off yeah, I had a bye week. I let you do your thing last week. I'm proud of you, man. You you almost went three and zero. You was a yard away, a yard away. See, that's how I know the fix is in. Vegas didn't want to see me go perfect the first week because I I would have you would have never heard the end of it. They said let's hit that Buffalo Wild Wings button, and I was a yard away from a perfect three and zero week on Wild Card Weekend. Here were the winners, handed them out. Jacksonville money line, never in doubt, never worried. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was always the Jags. <laughs> it was always the Jags. That hit with no sweat whatsoever. James Cook over 36 and a half rushing yards. He had 39, which uh, hit as well. That's the two and one. And the one loss would be J.K. Dobbins. 61 and a half. I mean, Vegas is disgusting. Vegas is disgusting. Were you like keeping Dobbins- track? Were you watching that game? Were you like noticing like he was really close? <laughs> yes, of course. He finished with 62 rushing yards. A half, it wasn't even a yard. It was a half a yard. You know what's crazy? They should have handed the ball off on that fumble at the at the two-yard two line. That would have been it. Uh, anyway, I go two and one on the week, and I, I, I didn't combine our total. Maybe I should have just combined our totals, and that way we would have just said, on the year, we are 22 and 28. Yeah, help me and out that, a little. Yeah. <laughs> Mark said, yeah. I need- it's, it's a collaborative <laughs> effort. We're a team. <laughs> I like coast that. Co- Update the record. That's what it is. Yeah. Coast to coast is 22 and 28 on the year and not going to lose a game the rest of the regular. Not we're, we're not. We're not losing the game the rest of the playoffs. Mark Gold's got three winners. What you got? All right, let's go. So I'm starting off Patrick Mahomes over on passing touchdowns. Right now it's at two and a half. I do believe he gets three or more in this game. Last time they played, he had four. We know playoff Patrick is a little different. We saw uh, earlier today Matt Nagy was talking about how he's super locked in. And we know when they, when they get in that red zone, they get very creative. You know, it can be a little shovel pass or, you know, things of that nature. And it'll still count as a passing touchdown. So 
I feel really good with the two and a half number. Give me the over there. Also, I'm taking the over on the upside. Evan Ingram receptions is at four and a half. Last week, he had seven on 11 targets. Like I mentioned before, he's become Trevor Lawrence's favorite target. So I think four and a half is really, really low. I can see him getting six or seven catches in this game. So give me the over on Evan Ingram's catches at four and a half. And then the spread. I'm taking it. You said it earlier. You can see a 10-point win. I kind of agree. Give me the Chiefs minus eight and a half. Like I mentioned before, they were up 17 on this team in the middle of the fourth, despite having three turnovers to the Jags, none. And they still won by 10 at home. It's going to be their first role game. Trevor Lawrence in the playoffs, this hostile environment. They had their week last week. We know, you know, when you see a team have like a big comeback like that, normally the week let down, after, let down city, football, right? Cause they were, it was such an emotional high. And now you're playing a team that's been kicking their feet up, resting, that has a championship mentality. I think the Chiefs cover and at least win by 10 points. Those are my three plays. Chiefs minus eight and a half. Over on Mahomes touchdowns at two and a half. And the over on Evan Ingram's receptions at four and a half. Good picks. Let's keep it going. You know the mission from here to the Super Bowl. We're going to get back to 500. I got a couple more just loose ends I want to tie up. We got some questions here in the comments. Appreciate y'all rocking with us here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. Every Wednesday at 6, we try to make it live for y'all, but we're wherever you get your podcast the next day in the app. So I'm looking at the injury report. Frank Clark, a limited participant with a groin injury, and Trevor Lawrence, a limited participant with a toe injury. You think both of them play on Saturday? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Especially Trevor Lawrence. He's going to (laughs) play. Pretty easy one there. I thought this was interesting from Jesse Newell on the KC Star. Joe Tooney finishes the regular season as the best pass-blocking guard in the NFL. And I mentioned this kind of when he went out at the end of the regular season and we saw them kind of go away from the run game. He's also critical to what they like to do in the run game as well, but his passing numbers, as far as guards, Mark, there's nobody better in the NFL. Hey, that's why they pay him the big bucks, right? New England didn't want him for that price. The Chiefs brought him in. He's been a very stabilizing force. You know what's funny? When we talk about the O-line, we kind of really ignore him. And I think it's because we just expect him to do what he wants to do. He's not a talker either, so he doesn't really get a lot of the attention. We talk about Orlando all the time. We talk about Trey Smith being super physical. We talk about Creed Humphrey. We kind of ignore him a little bit, but he's been the steady rock man in the middle. Uh, record watch for Travis Kelsey, just 99 receiving yards shy of most ever by a tight end in uh, NFL postseason history. He would take that from Gronk. And they kind of had a little back and forth on their podcast. I thought it was cool. Uh, Travis Kelsey once again making history. And maybe these bye weeks are, are, are hurting him in the long run when you when you only need to play two or three games yeah. <laughs> per postseason. You don't get all the records there. Right. So you say only 99 away? 99 away. I don't think it happens this week. I say it happens. Yeah, I think that's a conference. I think it's maybe first half of the of the conference. Okay. okay. So you're you're thinking about 70 to 80 this week? I think the priority is touchdown this week. And I got a lot of heat on that one too, saying it, it had been six straight games without a touchdown for Travis Kelsey. I think Kansas City, if 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 that's a prop out there floating, I'm not giving out an official pick, but if it's at that half mark. 
Uh, I like Kelsey finding the end zone because I think it's just been, it, it, he's due. If I'm using the Mark Gunnels, the Mark Gunnels school of logic, it's time and it's been time. And not that they haven't been winning. They're five and one in that stretch when he hasn't scored a touchdown, but it, it, it's time for him to get in the end zone. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. Couple more. James Palmer, the Jaguars founded in 1995, same year as Patrick Mahomes was born. He has as many playoff wins as the Jaguars franchise does in that same time period. I thought that was pretty interesting. Couple predictions here on on, on uh, the YouTube line. Jim says 31-17. Hefe KC says close game, seven points. So he's going the other way as far as the spread is concerned. Tommy Sparks with an interesting one, and maybe this guy ends up in the division. We, we it took us forty six minutes to mention the name Tom Brady, but uh, is he actually going to retire this time? Is the question from Tommy Sparks. And then is there a, maybe he's uh, he's in Vegas next year, Mark? I think it's one or the other. I, I don't see it any other way. I think it's retirement or the Raiders. I, I don't see any other team that he would go to. I mean, maybe you could say the Jets, maybe. Mm. The Dolphins, I don't. Uh, I think the they still Niners, like two. maybe. But what if Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl? <laughs> I cannot believe we we're saying that right now. We're we're not going to take Tom Brady because you have Brock Purdy. I mean, Tom Brady's forty six. He's he's not the same guy anymore. You saw Monday Night. He's a shell of himself. I think Brady needs a lot around him at this point in time. Um and that that limits your options right there. He could go to Vegas, but it, I, they need to keep Josh Jacobs in that situation, and they have to keep Devontae Adams healthy. I do think that's one of the, the obvious landing spots, but for me, the Tampa Bay thing is cooked. If we're talking about cryptic tweets or cryptic anything, I mean, he, that's been writing on the wall for a very long time. I think, I think that one's about over. What about Aaron Rodgers? He goes back to Green Bay. We ain't doing that with him, man. That's like the boy who cried wolf at this point in time. Like, come on, come I'm on. You don't Aaron Rodgers watch again this offseason. You bro. done lost all that cachet with me. 99 days to the NFL draft. You coming back to KC for it? Yes, sir. I'll be in town. I'm excited for that. KC, we'll see where we'll see where the Chiefs pick is in that one. We like to name our episodes after athletes for the Kansas City Chiefs. This is episode 41, a pretty easy one. Chiefs long snapper James Winchester, who will appear in his 16th career postseason game on Saturday. That's a franchise record. Who is he tied with? Give, give me the tie here. Say, say it one more time. So he'll make his 16th playoff game with the okay. Chiefs. It'll be 16 okay. for KC on Saturday. That's a franchise record. He's tied with one other Chief at 16. Travis Kelsey? Travis Kelsey? It is Travis Kelsey. Look, look at you. Look. <laughs> Look at you. The James Winchester episode number 41 is in the books, but it's not the only 41. If you want to watch the Chiefs game here locally in Kansas City, you can only watch it on one station. <laughs> and it's KSHB 41. We got extensive pregame and postgame coverage. <laughs> you couldn't wait to episode 41 to say that. You've been waiting for like episode 10 to do that. Couldn't wait. <laughs> it just worked out perfectly. The game just happened to be on our network. The game, the WDA. <laughs> we out, man. <laughs>